How are you? Good? All right. Well, we're going to... You can open your, your Bible to the book of Genesis, chapter 12. And, and uh, just quickly, I wanted to um, just kind of update us. Uh, about three weeks ago, we uh, made an announcement here at the church that we would be changing the name of the church. And, um, and so some of you, if you weren't here on that day, um, the name of Big Bear Christian Center, we've been a, a fellowship here for over 50 years. But in the last couple of years, we've really um, felt like it, it was uh, time to help um, relate a little bit better with the community. Um, and God really led us into uh, renaming the church the Journey Church. And so um, we're going to launch that name on Easter Sunday. And it is, no yeah, there you go, woo! It's not, it's not a secret, but we're, by then we, we're going to have our new sign, or at least some banners up uh, before our sign gets done um, with the new name. And so I just want to update, that's, that's what's happening. And so even now, um, we already have, anyone use Yelp in here? Okay, there's a few people. Not for churches, but there, people are using, I'm like, I would never use Yelp for a church, but I thought I would check. And yesterday, yeah, exactly. Yesterday, I thought, I'm going to check Yelp to see if there's any churches. And sure enough, Yelp has some churches and church reviews. And uh, anyways, but, uh, but Google and Facebook is a, a, a good place. Um, and, and a lot of people, young people, when they, for, for instance, if I were to take out my phone right now, and just, this won't take long, but um, this is how, what most young people do. And I'm not young anymore, but I just pretend. Um, they do this wonderful thing. Let's see here. Watch this. Churches near me. I found a few locations for churches near you. Big Bear Christian Center comes up, and the Journey Church already comes up. And I wasn't sure that was going to happen so quick. And so anyway, so we're going to be transferring over from Big Bear Christian Center to the Journey Church. Um, and so within a couple of weeks, what I'm going to have us do, and you can actually even begin to do it now, if you're at all tech-savvy, um, I encourage you to go on to like the Google Journey Church little Google page and rate the church. You can do it, and and uh, hopefully it would be a good rating. But uh, that that's actually um, how most young people find anything today. Uh, and it's been going on for a long time. We had a friend, Shannon and I had a friend 20 years ago. He was not much younger than us, who didn't already this was 1998 19, actually no, it was 96 because it was the year we got married he did not know how to look up a phone number in the phone book already in 1996 and i think probably the majority of, of young people don't know how to use a phone book um the majority of kids this is fun the majority of i'll go all the way up to 25 maybe even 30 year olds will never ever write a check ever Met a guy in the in the um, in the post office a couple weeks ago. He was probably about 30 years old, 28 years old. He was trying to mail a package, and a guy at the post office said, you, "It's just like a letter. You just kind of put you know the the sender down here and the the recipient up there, just like a letter." And he said, "I've never mailed a letter." As jaws are opening, it's really funny, but this is this is where we live. So we're very digital age. So we're going to reach out to our community, to those people. Uh, who don't know Jesus or, or who um, know about him but don't have a relationship with him, the, the, the young families, the 30s, the 40s, the 20s, and, and we're going to reach them through, through media to bring them in here. And then prayerfully, the, the, the idea is that when, they, when people come, they will encounter the real, living, powerful, personal God. And that's what we, we serve. You know, we are not a religion. 
we are, are a people who have had an encounter with Jesus Christ, whose lives has been changed. We're a people who love the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Do you love the Word of God? Then let's get into it. Genesis chapter 12. We're going to be Genesis 12, 13, and 14 kind of this morning. We have been um, in a series uh, called The Journey. And what we're doing is we're looking at the men and women in the Bible and talking about their journey of faith and the things that they learned or at least that we can learn from their journey. Some of the things that we find in, in, the, in the accounts of the, of the men and women in the Bible, um, they actually never learned the right lesson. I'm sure that's never happened to any of us. But, you know, there's sometimes in life we, we go through situations but we don't always learn the right lesson. But what we're going to try to do or continue to do is look at some of the accounts of the men and the women in the Bible, those who followed God and sometimes those who didn't, but learn from their journey. And we are going to spend a little bit of time talking about Abraham uh, over the next few weeks. Abraham is the most talked about man in the New Testament. Um, in fact, in, in the book of, of Genesis, um, there's about 13 to 14 chapters dedicated to the life of Abraham. Out of 50, that's nearly a third of the entire book of Genesis is dedicated to one man. Through this one man who is called the father of faith, he was also known as the friend of God. We are, are, can be encouraged and challenged, and we even see pictures of the sacrifice that Jesus would give would give for us even as a, as a type art um, in when Abraham offers his son Isaac as a sacrifice or is willing to that kind of shows the love of the father um, towards us that willing to give his only son for us and so we're going to start off in chapter 12 and and we're going to just hit some of these these things so we'll be uh, let's start in Genesis chapter 12. Heavenly Father, as we read your word, we pray that it would speak to us. As we talk about um, Father Abraham, God, that you would encourage and challenge us, Lord. You have put these accounts together. You have saved these, guarded these um, for generations that we might be encouraged and challenged um, to grow closer to you, to know more about you, and to be strengthened in our walk. God, bless this message in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 12. Now, in, in Genesis chapter 11, we're introduced to Abraham. Abraham's father was Terah. Um, Abraham, that we know that for sure that he had two other siblings, um, and that we, that we meet them in chapter 11. Now, in, in, uh, in, in chapter 11, we find at the end that, that Terah is living, let's just do this for you, is living way down in a place called Ur. And that's where, where everyone was living. Uh, above that would be Babylon. And um, they were living in Ur, and they go up. Who on earth would call pastor in the middle of a service? It's, it's a telemarketer. I should answer. <sighs> Forgive me. Right? I could even put it right here, let them talk right into the, into the machine. Make sure that doesn't happen again. There we go. So, so Tara takes... Uh, his family, and, and Terah's got a large uh, family, and they go up to a place called Haran, and that's actually one of the brothers of Abraham, the sons, but he actually died when he was in Ur. And they go from Ur 
all the way up to to Haran, and they're there right now. Now, uh, so we're going to pick it up with that. Now, the Lord had said to Abram, okay, Abraham at this point is still called Abram, um, and his wife is Sarai, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So listen, here's in in verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot, and we learned that Lot is his nephew. Lot is the son of Haran, his brother, Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. We're just going to stop right there. Um, And so God is telling Abram to get out of your comfort zone and go into a land that I'm going to show you. And that's always wonderful when God says, listen, I'm going to shake up your life. I'm going to stir it up until it's pretty much unrecognizable to you because you're going to be with a people that's not your own, in a household that's not your own, in a land that's unfamiliar to you. And oh, and by the way, I'm not even going to tell you what the land is called or which land it is ahead of time. You're just going to leave and trust and follow me. Who's in? Right? Imagine saying, okay, guys, next week we're going. So, so pack some of your things. But leave your family behind. You know, your father's household. Take your immediate family with you. And I'm not going to tell you where we're going to go, but we're leaving, and we'll talk about it on the way. You'd be like, uh, let's find another church. This pastor is whacked. Okay? This is, is what, what God is calling Abram to do. Now, Abram is known as a man of faith. But listen, his faith was not perfect. In fact, Abraham really has a lot of challenges in his faith walk. But one thing that we see about him, not that his faith is perfect. None of our faith is perfect. And Abraham does not have perfect faith. He questions God. He does things on his own. He does some really ridiculous things that mess up his life. We're going to talk about uh, at least one of those, maybe two of those this morning. But he always leans toward God in his faith. His faith is always trying and trying to trust in God and going towards him. We can learn from him that when things are difficult, we need to still try to press into the things of God and always come back to that place. He didn't have perfect faith, but he continued to exercise faith through his walk, hopefully learning from his past mistakes. And that's what, as a believer, what I want to do. I want to learn from my past mistakes. I've made plenty. I mean, just, I have made plenty, and I'm sure that you've made a couple along the way, too. We don't lose heart. We want to be like Abraham, saying, you know what, my faith isn't perfect, but I'm going to go. I'm going to follow him. So um, he, he moved to the promised land. Abraham is known for two really big things in his life. He moved to the promised land, and along the way, he trusted God. And, and so his life is marked with obedience, he, he followed the commands of God, and he also is, is known by his trust, his faith that God would see him through. Um, and, and some of the things along the way are, are small to us, but they're big to God. 
we're going to be talking and thinking about and encouraging you to be praying over this time of, wow, this is a great story about Abraham. How does it affect me? Well, well, we want to hit on a little bit, well, what promised land does God want to take you to? See, what is it that God is speaking to you about? And as we do that, we want to be faithful to obey and not to miss him and also not to make bad choices along the way. All right. So one of the first things, Abraham had to hear God's call. God, God spoke to him, and he said, Abram, leave this country. Leave your, fam- your father's household and go to the land that I am calling you to. We need to be in a place that we can hear the voice of God. And we don't, most people I know don't hear the audible voice of God. Um, most of us um, feel, uh, have maybe felt God and sensed God. Uh, many people have been encouraged through his word. But most people I know don't get an audible hearing from God. If you have ever done that, it's important that whatever God says to you lines up to the word of God. I'm going to tell you that right now because there are other voices in the world that want to speak to you. God will never contradict his word, ever. He may speak audibly, and he may challenge us to do something that's not exactly written in the Bible, but it will never contradict the Bible, and it will never contradict his character in the Bible. That's another message. So we need to hear about, um, about God's call. Uh, how does it sound? How does God's call to us sound? Well, he does it through a, a variety of things. He, he calls us, he speaks to us, one, through his word. He can speak to us directly through the Word of God. We can be reading and, 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 not just, and, and not just doing this thing where we flop our Bible open and we go, okay, speak to me today, Lord, and we put our finger down and play Bible roulette and say, give me a verse for the day. That's not the best way to hear from God. And, and, and I'm sure you've heard the story of the man who says, Lord, I need to hear a word from you. So he opens up his Bible just like that, and he puts his, his finger down, and it said, and Judas went out and hung himself. And he says, well, Lord, that's not a very encouraging word for me today. And so, Lord, give me another word. So he closed it up and he let it open again. And he found it and he put his finger down. And he read and it says, go ye and do likewise. We don't get words from God like that. But he does speak to us through his word. And often when we're either reading the word or in a church service or in a time of listening to a sermon, um, as the word is being expounded upon, the spirit of God begins to come alive and like put his finger on part of the word of God for you in that moment. So he can speak to us through his word. He speaks to us through his people. But one of the challenges that we have as believers is we're challenged and encouraged and exhorted to not forsake the assembling together of the brethren. We're supposed to be together with other Christians where we can encourage each other and challenge each other to live for God. And sometimes, even in those moments, somebody might be in a conversation with you and actually have uh, something that God would breathe upon to, to confirm something that he is speaking to you already. Now, we, we are a church that believes in the full ministry, the full gospel, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We believe that prophecy was in the Bible, and it is still for today. We believe that God gives gifts to his church. The Holy Spirit gives gifts to his church, and that some of those, some of those gifts might be words of wisdom and word of knowledge and prophecy and, and uh, um, words in tongues and encouragement in tongues, and we believe in healings. We believe all these things. 
But we also have to be careful that just because we have a we are a believer, somebody's a believer, and they believe that they've heard from God, we don't put the same weight on a message, a prophetic word, um, a, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. We don't put the same weight as the Bible. If somebody comes up to you and gives you a prophetic word, a word that says, I believe God would tell you something today, that word needs to, to um, be found in a sense. It needs to uh, be, be come from the word of God. It needs to be something that would, would be part of the nature of God. Too many young men I've heard of over the years have walked up to some beautiful young lady at summer camp or at some other place. I, I know of a lot of young women this has happened to. And this, the guy walked right up to them and said, God told me we're supposed to get married. <laughs> now, that's not what I'm talking about when we hear a, a word or prof prophecy or direction, get a call from God through his people. But it can come in, in encouragement and even sometimes something like this. You know, while I was praying, I had this vision or this thing for, of you, and this is what I saw. And, and really, if that's what you get, my encouragement is to say, so, say something like that and then say, does that mean anything to you? And let them go to God and say, God, what is that? often it'll be like oh my goodness God has been stirring this in my life already and you're the confirmation words like that should be confirmation they shouldn't start it I can't spend too much time on that but but so but his people can help um, the call or the voice of God the body of the church coming in listening to a sermon so gathering together through his people through the church through the pastors and of course the Holy Spirit needs to confirm these this what this message from God for you it needs to it's going to come with peace it's going to come um, confirmed by his Holy Spirit so that's how we can hear from God and we want to be like Abram who would say okay I want to hear from God and I want to obey it and so I want to real quick I want to talk about so so what are some of the qualities of God's call um, first and, and I put this one one first it's person to person a call from God is person to person. But, but the person I'm talking about is God. It comes from God to you. He's going to, he, he's going, not going to say, hey, Claude, I have kept this a secret from Fiona, but I want you to tell her my will for her. That's not the way God's going to work. He's going to tell me. It's going to come person to person. There's going to be something already that God is sharing with me. He's sharing with you. Um, and so this one was between God and Abraham. It wasn't between other, some other person and him. The word from God is not going to be between some other person and you only. That might be a confirmation. But this will, the call for you is going to come between you and God. You're never going to hear it if you're not spending time with him. You're never going to hear a call from God if you're not in his word and not in prayer. Um, it... Uh, it, it, it's going to be confirmed. You, you, it might even be said by somebody, but not necessarily in a prophetic way. It might even come on a Sunday when I'm preaching about something or another pastor is preaching, and, and in that moment you go bang, and you just know that God spoke to you, but you know it came from God. It's gonna, he's going to give you clear direction. Um, Abraham, God gives Abraham clear direction. Leave this place, leave your father's household, and you're, go to the land that I show you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come with clarity. It's not going to be so vague that you don't know what to do with it. Now, it might start vague, but he's going to clarify it. He's going to clarify it. So we want to hear that clear 
direction from God. For, for Abraham, it was go from here to there. Okay, I, I, I've got a clear direction. I believe that one of the things of a call from God, it's going to be an awesome or a powerful command. When we're, we're talking about God, he's going to lead us into some awesome and powerful things. Um, God, notice that in this place, God didn't say, you know, Abraham, have you ever thought what it might be like to move somewhere else? You know, how do you feel about living somewhere else, Abraham? God comes in a powerful way and says, go. God is not wishy-washy. God is not... Now, I'm not talking about, you know, you wake up in the morning and say, God, I need to hear from you today on which pants to wear. Okay? And I'm not going to put anything on until you tell me. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when God comes and, and is going to lead you into your promised land. He's going to come. It's going to be a... There's going to be a command. It's going to be a powerful command. This is what I want you to do. Leave. Leave your people. I believe that, that and I, I never want to say all the time, I, and if I did on any of these, I don't know how God always works. But I believe that most of the time, the next one is, is we have a, a, a person to person. It's a clear direction. It's an awesome command. And I believe that most of the time, it comes with a, a powerful promise. If it's from God, he's going to tell you why you're doing this. He's going to show you something. I, don't, I just don't believe that God says, listen, I want you to move somewhere so that you can just suffer. There's no promise. Because even if that's it, I want you to move somewhere and it's going to be really hard. But your obedience is going to lead to the salvation of many. Your obedience is going to bring people to the faith. There's a promise that is going to come, and there was a promise that Abraham heard. We want to be spending time with God and getting these things for our life, pressing into Him, listening to God, wanting, Lord, I want a, I want a powerful word. I want a clear direction. I want a powerful promise. But it's got to be God's promise. It's not ours. And, and there are times that God does call us into a place that's full of difficulties and even, even sorrow and suffering. We don't serve a God who, who always makes everything good for us. You know, one of the biggest reasons uh, um, that we're seeing a lot of sicknesses come back and doctors, is there any, are there any physicians in here this morning? Okay. There, we, we, uh, huh? A lot of patients. You know, I've, I've talked to a number of physicians, doctors, who said, you know, the, the, the worst thing that we've done in the last 30 years is to have antibacterial hand wipes and hand washes and all these things. And you go, huh? How does that make sense? Because what happens is every time we antibacterial our hands, we get rid of all the germs that our body needs to learn how to fight on its own. And so we keep ourselves in a completely sterile environment, and then we end up in a situation that maybe we're not sterile, and our body can't fight it off, and we become sick. You know, we go to, we go to places like Mexico, Guatemala, where we, where we lived, and, and we get sick. We get all these little, you know, stomach things, right? We get all of these things, and you notice that people from other third world countries who have their own, so they go over there, and they don't get sick from it. Why? Because their body has learned how to fight these things off 
God lets us go through challenges so we get stronger, so we can fight off the enemy and the difficulties. He doesn't keep us safe all the time. He lets us go through the trials so that the testing of our faith will grow, will, will develop perseverance. He's going to send us with the promise, go and I will be with you and this is what I'm going to do with you. And when we respond to that, the last thing of the call is that there's a change. There's a change. If, but here's the, the thing. The change doesn't happen because of the call of God. God calls. It's a clear call. It comes with power, power. It comes with a promise at the end. We know it's, it's from Him and all these happen and then change comes. But the change doesn't come when the call happens. The change comes when we obey. So, so until we are obedient to Him, whatever He's calling us into, there ain't going to be no change. In fact, sometimes things get rocky and worse because we're supposed to be obedient. So there's going to be change in our character, in our walk with God. It's going to lead us close to Him and be strengthened as we hear the call and obey it. And that's what began to happen in Abraham's life. God called Abram and he began to change him. You got to take the first step. We have to take that first step. And I tell you, that is, that, that's a hard hard step to do but the, the promises are great in 19 in, in, two, well, in 2002 um, so been married for six years um, I had sold my business I, I owned a wedding chapel up here it was a very lucrative uh, business I sold that and I started working at the school district and that wasn't my vocation. I was, a, uh, I was a youth pastor. I was a worship leader. But my income came from uh, working at the school district. And something happened. I came to a meeting with Pastor Jeff at the time about the worship and what we we're going to do. And in our meeting, he says, hey, I talked to Jan Reese, our missionary to Guatemala. Her, her mother is sick and she has to leave. What do you think about you and Shannon going down to Guatemala? And it, it, that's how spiritual it was. What do you think about you go, us going down to Guatemala? Well, just before this, we had, I had spent a couple of years building a home or remodeling a home that was almost a brand new build. And we were led, it's right as we finished it, we felt like, you know, we had accrued some debt doing it. We thought, you know, let's, let's sell it, let's get out of debt, and let's be ready for what God has. We sold our house in like November or December of 2001. In fact, this is how crazy it was. We put up our house for sale like two weeks before 9-11. 9-11 happened. We went, we are never selling this house in this crazy economy. Nobody wants to do anything right now. The house was sold and we were out by November. So now we're homeless living with, with uh, the Taylors here at the church, Bob and Jolene Taylor, and we're living with them going, okay, God, what do you have for us? Well, one of the things that Shannon and I knew absolutely is that God would never call us to the mission field in Latin America because Shannon wanted to maybe go to Africa, but she had an aversion to anything la Latino as far as a country. She did not want to go to Mexico or anywhere Latin America, and I didn't want to be um, a missionary. I just, I'd been to those countries I didn't want to go again and live there. And so on that day in, in March of 2002, when Pastor Joseph says, what do you think about that? I'm like, okay, I'll pray about it. That's a spiritual way of saying probably ain't going to happen. <laughs> and so I'm driving home to the Taylor's house right over Baldwin Lake. 
and I'm driving through, and I love Big Bear. I moved up here in 19, uh, 1977. This is my home. I never really had a desire to leave. And I'm driving and going, something weird came up. says, I could leave. I think I could leave this. But I thought, Shannon is never going to go to Guatemala. She absolutely will not. I walk into the, into the bedroom that they were letting us live in, and she was laying on the bed reading a magazine. And this is how spiritual this was. I said, hey, honey, what do you think about moving to Guatemala? She goes, okay. <laughs> this is March of 2002. Now, I don't know if you've ever met anyone who's gone to the mission field and knew them during the, their getting ready time. We got off the plane in Guatemala on June 24th. April, May, June. Three months later, we were able to raise all of our support sell everything, half the stuff was already in storage, and we're on the mission field. We said yes, and our lives were radically changed. I mean radically changed. We grew so much by saying yes to the call of God. We learned to trust Him like we've never trusted before. When you're living in a foreign country like Abraham had to do, you don't even, obstacles come up, things come up, and you don't know what to do. Well, as we go on it, with, with the life of Abraham, one of the things we find out shortly here is that he goes from Haran, which is, which is uh, let's see, for you guys up here, and he comes down over, and he goes through, uh, through Canaan, which is, will be the future Israel, and he ends up way down here in Egypt. He ended up in Egypt because there was no food. There was a famine, and he had to go to Egypt in order to survive. Well, one of the things that happened when he got into Canaan is, is that the Bible says that it was full of Canaanites. They were already there. Well, the Canaanites, they don't really get along with the, the strangers real well. So Abraham had a very big obstacle right away. There were too many people, and people were obstacles to him to be able to take the land and let it be his own. And there was another thing. There was a lack of a resource. That resource was food. When God calls us into things, sometimes we find these same obstacles, that there are too many obstacles in our way, the Canaanites, and that there's a lack of resources. For Abram, it was a, a lack of uh, food that, that led, him into led him into Egypt. Abraham had to trust in God. Because when you have obstacles and there's nothing you can do about it, you can't rely on your own strength. God, in his call to us, will often bring us through situations that we have to trust in him, not in ourselves. This, I, I've shared this a few weeks ago. I see a lot of uh, new faces this morning. I'll say it again because I'm going to challenge us right now. We live in this American Christianity that says, God will never give you anything that you can't handle. Baloney. God gives us stuff that we can't handle all the time. That's why we go to him and say, God, I can't handle this. And he says, I will. And we trust in him. And we say, I can't do this on my own strength. And he says, my strength is perfected in your weakness. Trust in me. Lean not on your own understanding. I'm going to see you through. So when we go through the obstacles, even as Abraham, when we have no resources, don't just try to figure out where the resources are going to come from yourself. Trust in God. Our first year there, we had no car. 
My, my Spanish was rudimentary. I knew how to eat food. You know, I could find food, no problem. I could find a bathroom. I could tell people to have a great day and buy things at the store. I didn't have a great understanding and a depth of the language. We're, we're, we're there one night. We did, at that point, we didn't know where the doctors were. We didn't know where the hospital was. We, we knew of a doctor, but it was middle of the night. They were closed. They don't have urgent care down there. There's no 24-hour pharmacies, and if there are, we don't know about them yet. And Zachary gets a fever of 104, I believe it was. It wasn't just a 99, 101, 102. I believe it was 104. Shannon, if I'm wrong, she'll correct me. But it was, we were scared, and it would not go away. And all night long, his little body's just shaking, and he's, we think, he, I mean, that's like, is he going to die? He is two years old. He turned two four days after we got there. And we have nothing to do but pray. And we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we, we cursed the enemy, and we did that all night, and finally, the fever broke. Hallelujah. A couple hours later, he was tired. Shannon was exhausted. I had to be at church, so I go to church, and while I was at church, the enemy comes back in the form of that fever, and it comes all the way back up to 104, and she's all alone, and her Spanish is zero, and she doesn't know what to do, so she just curses the enemy and claims healing over little Zach, and immediately the fever left. When you are in those places following God, there is no resources for you. It causes you to trust in him. We learn to trust in God. See, we, we learn that partly from, from one of the, the problems with Abraham. Abraham had fear. It, it, we, we see, and I'm not going to read it because we, we, I need to go, but he's, he's going into Egypt, and Abraham has this wonderful conversation with his wife. Men, never have this conversation with your wife. Just a precursor to this next part of the conversation because you won't live. But Abraham had a conversation with his wife, and it says, Hey, honey. You're really good looking. I know it. Everyone knows it. And we're going into Egypt to another land, and they're going to think you're. They're going to think that you're fine. And so here's the problem: if they think that we're married, they're going to want to take you. But in order to take you, they have to kill me. So here's the deal: tell them that you're my sister, so that they they treat me well. Now, at first, you're like, oh, well, that's maybe not horrible, right? No, no, no. Here's the problem. He knew that they would still take her. They just wouldn't have to kill him to do it. So is that really what happens? Yes, that's exactly what happens. He goes into the land. The sons of Pharaoh, the princes, see her. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, she must have been really good looking because this is the Pharaoh of Egypt. The sons see her and go, Hey, I, I, I'm assuming it's dad. They called them the princes of Egypt. But whoever they were, they go up to him and say, Pharaoh, we got a hottie. And she needs to be in your court. And so they go and they take her into the court. Now, let me see if I can find this because I always, I always give like a benefit of the doubt. And I go, okay, what really happened there? And, and I don't like to... Um, I mean, I, I like to have some dramatic things, but I don't like to, to guess too much of what was really happening. How did my Bible go to Proverbs? Oh, yeah, I, I dropped it and found a verse. Okay, um, chapter 12 towards the end. 
Okay, so verse 19, so verse 18, Pharaoh called Abram, I'll go to 17. The Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. This is after they actually gave Abram a whole bunch of stuff because of Sarai. They like gave him all his donkeys and like, woohoo, and Abram's like, yeah, I'm getting all this stuff and my wife's in captivity. <laughs> Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this you've done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? My version says I might have taken her as my wife. Every other version says I did take her as my wife. Might have is like, oh, good. He just took her and was primping her, getting her ready, and God stopped it. The other versions actually said I did take her as my wife. You know what that means. Holy moly. Abraham was so afraid of death that he was willing to give up anything the wrong way. I'm just so afraid that they might kill me, Sarah. Allow yourself to be taken as a concubine or a wife and let the Pharaoh do to you whatever he wants to. As long as I don't die, I'm good with that. We need to be faithful to God. We need to be faithful to the things he calls us to. Never backing down. Always being the moral people that God has for us. Not cheating on those taxes. Not cheating in business. Not doing anything because I'm afraid of the outcome if I stand my ground and do this morally righteous act. I'm afraid what might happen to me. No, we say no matter what happens, I'm going to stand for God. I'm going to follow him, be faithful to him and his word for me. No matter the cost. And that's what, in this case, Abraham didn't do. But, but we'll take this one as one of those parental moments that we all loved when we were kids. It was my favorite things. When my sister or my parents, and it was usually my older sister, she would say, do as I say, not as I do. Well, we'll take that as Abraham looking at us. I'll tell you what, his experience said, listen, do as I say, don't do as I do. Guys, there's a whole message in here, and I'm just going to let you preach it to yourselves. Here's the problem. Guess what Isaac does later? Isaac is Abraham's son. Isaac does the exact same thing. And I have a feeling Abraham learned something. And if Abraham didn't, I'm sure Sarah said, Hey, Isaac, don't you ever do that, my son. But Isaac does it anyways. Guys, we have to understand, and then we'll get into this one over the next few weeks. I think we're hitting it a few more times. That when we act, we're acting generationally. And sometimes the things that we do today will affect our generations for a long time coming. And we want to follow God. We want to live for him. Give everything to that call. Be obedient, even if it hurts, so that the blessings of God come in. I'm so excited in this message. I've got another one I can't do, so you're going to have to come back next week. If this was, if this was a, at all encouraging, bring somebody with you. We're going to talk about Lot next week and Abraham. There's something probably most of you have never even thought of with this. So we're going we're gonna to close and pray for us and leave you hanging. And if you come up to me and say, hey, I want to know this thing about Lot that, that, I, that you say I've never thought about before, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to make you come. Okay? All right, let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you that you give us your word to challenge and encourage us. Father, we want to be people like Abram who heard the call and obeyed. God, we want to be people that if our faith does waver, if we, if we have a, a lack of faith or trust in a moment that we would push back into you, that we would be people who would repent of whatever it might be and, and continue to follow you, God, so that we could be known as faithful friends of God. She encourage each of us to be closer to you this week, Lord. And for anyone here who's, who's here and, and, and doesn't have a close relationship with you, I pray that today would be the day that they would say, God, I, this stuff is a little foreign to me, but I want to have a relationship with you. I want to have a relationship so that you could show me what I'm supposed to do in my life. That I might be like Abraham who would be blessed and be able to be a blessing to others. God, we freshly, as we always do, we want to commit our life and heart to you and say, help us, even this week, to be better men and women of God and to grow in the things that you have for us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.